0: hello and welcome to the final bard talk podcast of 2021 uh yeah what a shit show this year's been huh um i mean obviously 2020 was really the it was the king of all bad worst years like without a doubt uh 2020 was really terrible and then 2021 came around and like In some aspects, she, she teased us with what could be, um, made us think that things were getting better right before dropping us on our heads. And, and, you know, to no shock really to anybody paying attention, here we are, uh, December, 2021 in almost the same boat as we were December, 2020, uh, with a few provisos that thing I think might make it actually worse. So Let's let's start off with probably one of the worst things about this year uh, in comparison. Uh, 2020, shit was still cheap. Uh, and I don't mean like cheap, like everything was affordable. Obviously, people were losing their jobs left and right. I was going through a big change, a huge colossal change in my life. Um, but it was like gas was, I don't know, $1.98 uh home heating oil wasn't that bad the electricity wasn't that bad uh things were relatively easy to get we we didn't have supply shortages really i mean there was a couple things here and there uh of course the big raids on things like toilet paper and silly shit but that was really just hoarders you know um we we actually have a pretty pressing issue as far as just the value of our dollar um, I was reading the other day that Dollar Tree no longer sells anything for a dollar like it's a dollar 25 uh, and Dollar Tree' is just one of those those stores that had like shit for 99 cents for forever uh, if you actually find a dollar store now it's a dollar 25 store uh, the cost of food has gone up drastically and eating out is almost untenable uh, in in multiple respects I think one of the... The biggest problems, and you know what, let me rephrase that. It's not a problem. It's an awakening. Honestly, it's an awakening to the fact that uh, we have cheated people. We've cheated people in the food industry, and they're, they're over it. Uh, and if, if the pandemic of 2020 taught anybody anything, it's the value of time. Uh, specifically the value of their time and their time being worth something more than uh, a non-livable wage. So people left, people left the service industries in droves, uh, and not just the service industries, but a lot of the service industries that paid, you know, bare minimum and relied on tips or that, that had no benefits, um, that's all, that's all thing of yesteryear, honestly. And that part's good. Um, the bad part for everybody dealing with paying almost $4 a gallon, or in my case, because I got to drive ridiculous automobiles, $4 and 14 cents or 20 cents a gallon, uh, is, is the cost of food is ridiculous. I was at work the other day and I stopped to get a sandwich and I thought, oh, "Man, you know, it's almost Christmas. It's my last shift with my partner." I bought my partner lunch and the two of us with tip was like $30 and I was shit myself cuz I I was hoping to spend under 10. I mean, for me, not for both of us, but like I was hoping my thing would be under 10. You can't even get a small sandwich and fries for under 10 bucks anymore. It's it's not happening. And, and as far as the cost of everything else, like forget two people to go out to eat minimum $40 now it's, it's a $20 per person game. Um, and that's, that's not a nice restaurant. That's like your cheap Mexican, your cheap Italian, like the, the places that you went when you felt a little bit better than fast food or or the average pizza shop around in the Northeast, but ridiculous. Anyways, listen to me prattle on like I've, I've been doing this podcast the whole time. What is up? Um, it's one of the harder things about this is I don't actually get to interact with anybody. And I do this so sporadically now. Uh, I feel compelled, if not obligated, to give you an update. So let's talk about what's going on in my life, right? That's probably why you tune in. Maybe not. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, well, first of all. I completed the first semester. Um, I did really well. I did a lot better than what I thought. I had I had a couple shit quizzes. I'm not gonna lie. I had a couple quizzes that like I got 65 on and I thought my world was ending and then all of a sudden like I just rebounded back like I spent some more time in my manual, I spent some more time studying. Uh, I got a lot more time in the field and then all of a sudden like I started putting pieces together. Uh, am I a paramagic at this point? No, (laughs) I don't ever think I will be. Uh, I, I struggle a lot in many aspects. Um, but I can honestly say that the, the rate at which I had to memorize and, and learn things has going to get slower. I think according to my professor, the, the actual information we're going to receive is harder. It, it's more complex to understand, but we t- spend so much more time on it. And also, uh, as described by everybody who's taken this class, is we we laid the foundation. We learned anatomy and physiology. We learned pathophys. We learned so much about the human body that everything we're going to learn here and after is really going to make sense because we have that base it's going everything's going to be like oh okay so that's why that does that and like right now um i'm doing a lot of field work so we call it precepting but basically they pair us they don't pair us you get to pair yourself which is a good and bad thing but you get to pair yourself with a paramedic and see what It's like um, learn from them. They show you how to run calls. Uh, Some of them, some of them let you run the calls and just try to keep you from getting in trouble. So here I am out there with maybe one third of the knowledge of an actual paramedic trying to run calls and come up with diagnoses based off of what I know about the human body. And I'll be honest, in the beginning, it was impossible. I, I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, and now I'm starting to put together, oh, this is probably what this is, or, oh, this is, here's a list of things I think it is. And then you kind of work backwards, like, well, what would negate this? Well, if, if they have this symptom, this symptom could be three things, right? Or five things. So then you say, okay, well, from least probable to most problem, what, what eliminates the least probable thing? oh well the fact that they do or don't have this symptom or they do or don't have this uh piece of history or they do or don't have this medication and then you just work towards what you think it is and then you just kind of focus in on that and you treat for that thing and it's it's kind of interesting how medicine works excuse me um also the demystification of doctors like holy hell um I gotta, I gotta just tell you this experience that I had because it's, it, it, I'm not going to use names obviously, but it was interesting. Uh, I will say the least. I think like the average American thinks that doctors are wizards. Um, we hold them in really high esteem. Why do we do that? Because even if you don't actually know the ins and outs of their schooling in your head, you know, it's a decades of their life that they put into crafting their trade, right? That it takes 10 years from from college to whenever to to get through med school and to go through your residency. So when you become like a board certified physician, you you're somebody special. That's not an average human being. That's an exceptional person. So uh we some people, <laughs> I think the majority of people when they're faced with a doctor, hold them in a very high esteem. Uh, and for some of us, it's, it's akin to like, um, thinking they're a celebrity. So I have run into doctors, uh, positively and negatively throughout the course of my career. And I I've seen them as, as humans, I've seen them as people on more than one occasion, but they, they were still something special. They were still a very special individual. So all of a sudden, I'm thrust into this reality where I'm working alongside doctors. Like, in the ER, working next to a doctor to accomplish something, and they're perceiving me as an equal. They're, they're talking to me about diagnosis. We're talking about how to treat this. And they're actually using my input. You know, I'll point out something, and I'll be like, hey, this happened, blah, blah, blah. So, it's it's been... I I I don't know I don't even know how to describe it. Like it it's fascinating to me. I have a super big problem with self-perception. Uh I don't know why uh I not, not and not in all circumstances or instances, but I kind of walk around feeling like I'm less than everybody. That that uh you know, sometimes I feel like I'm in a world of giants and I'm just this little David the gnome guy who who's kind and nice to people and knows stuff um i i, I don't perceive my, that i'm like uh, i'm the worst thing ever in the world but i i just i hold other people in really high esteem and so when they have to when they listen to me or when i say something and they're like oh yeah that makes sense I, I, you know what i'm going to order these tests let's let's see let's go down this route it's it's kind of fascinating it, it's to me it's like mind blowing Um, but then, um, so I made a boo-boo. Uh, I was very, very late to something. Uh, and when you're very, very late to an obligation you have in class, um, it, it costs you points and these points add up to a grade at the end of the year. And so I, I decided I was going to make it up at all costs. Um, Probably more so than when I needed to, but it is the perception that I want uh, both my peers and my professor and instructors and everybody in the program, I want them to realize that I'm human and I make mistakes, but I will atone for them. I will, I will go above and beyond what is asked of me to atone for them. So I was presented this opportunity to um, evaluate people who graduated their emt program and were taking their national registry board um and again this is ridiculous like you know dumbass old me uh i've been in emt for 16 years i've been national pro board for not even a quarter of that and i just happened to be in medic school and they just asked me they're like you know can you do this and this was paid this was a paid evaluation this was something that I was going to get compensated for I was going to get professionalism points for so it would count towards my grade like a bunch of different stuff so I signed up and I did it um and I met with people from the national pro board national registry uh sorry not pro board national registry and I went over what I was evaluating and I, I had like two of the most complex scenarios two of the absolute most complex scenarios and i was like what it's like first of all there's smarter people there's people that earn their paramedic in this room and they're like no no no. we think you got this it was like okay um so i i i assumed i assumed i was evaluating emts who graduated class uh and i did i evaluated three um But then I had to evaluate two doctors. And for some reason in the state of Pennsylvania, physicians, regardless of practice, um, have to pass the EMT National Registry uh, psychomotor skills. And I assume test. I I don't know. I can't actually say. They're required to, to pass that because they may be command physicians at some point or they may be out in the field And witness an accident there's a reason that they may be on scene and as a physician they have every right to take over that scene they have the right to say okay i'm going to take charge of care of this patient regardless of who their primary is regardless of of your destination this person is now in my care care, and they can actively order things and administer them on scene or in the back of an ambulance on the way to the hospital so uh for that reason Pennsylvania's like, well, I guess you gotta take a pre-hospital test. So they made them go through the national registry and I I I evaluated doctors and I watched them do their craft and it was like it was awe inspiring to see somebody who got to proct- practice this skill. I assume they got to see the sheets. I assume they were given one or two goes at actually practicing it. And they just did it mechanically. Now, a lot of it is mirrored in what they do. A lot of it is mirrored in in what they're going to do in the ER and the trauma bay, so on and so forth. But just the absolute mechanical precision that went into what they did was awe-inspiring. And like it made me want to work to that level. It made me want to be that precise. Um, And again, here it is. Here I am, a guy who... I don't want to say has a complex, but I I, I just look up to them to an extent. I recognize their effort to an extent that they have they own a celebrity status to me, and I was I was given this position, so it was it was really fascinating. Uh, it was a good experience. Everything in school has been a pretty decent experience, except for the crushing time crunches, the absolute ridiculous time schedule that i have to keep um and the the anxiety that comes along with being 179 away from getting dropped or 179 away from retesting or you know a couple missed classes here and there from being dropped like it is it is not for the faint of heart and i'm in this weird funk today because i have today off i didn't schedule anything for today i just wanted to take a break and I, man, I've I've been on this roller coaster about just, f- just being in my feels, like feeling so exhausted, but not, and, and, and wanting this to be over, but not. And it's like, when I'm not doing it, I fucking hate it when I'm not in the ER, when I'm not precepting, when I'm not in class, I fucking hate it. But when I'm actually in it, doing it, and helping people, I love it. I love being in the ER. I love helping people. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't. I want to be in class anymore. I don't want to have these deadlines looming. I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm fighting for my life for another seven months. Um, but, but that's the reality of it, and I have to suck it up like a champion. And, and I have to go forward and, and just be a boss and get this done. So with that said, um, that's the update on me. Um, that's why I had time to do this today. I, I wanted to have a send-off. Um, obviously, I've been, been thinking about how I could try to make this a once-a-month thing. And there's just really no good answer for it. I, I just... I don't... I'm trying to get better at being organized and planning things out. I actually put my work schedule into my calendar. Um, I put all of my precepting, my class into the calendar for the next semester, like trying to plan things out and and actually plan time. But it's depressing because when I actually put it into a calendar and I I realize that between work and class and what's required of me precepting and being in the ER, I don't have any days off. I don't have a full day off. I don't have time to do anything. I have snippets of time. And so i have got to be very diligent with that time. And my past practices and my what I've realized is that sometimes I fucking crash. Sometimes I literally gum home from school. I, I said gum, but I come home from school and I lay down in bed and I just take a nap <laughs> and I feel guilty about it cuz I know there's people relying on me to do shit and I just take a nap because I, I can't I can't anymore I'm I'm redlined I'm at my max I'm just unable to function to do anything it just it's so overwhelming and it conquers me and I and I and I've been giving into it so the next semester is the the longest semester of school it has the most requirement as far as a time commitment when it comes to call counts and er time and we're going to get all other kinds of stuff thrown in there as far as uh, different departments in the hospital that we're going to have to work so it's it's challenging it's scary um i don't know what to say i'm gonna get it done I have a drive to get it done. And, and I, I'm looking forward to July 15th when it's cap and gown time. And hopefully, God willing, I I will have everything done. I'll, I'll be complete the program since actually taking my National Registry test. And the, I'm the last class that has to take the psychomotor skills. And I think according to the National Registry uh, that I talked to the night I evaluated, we don't even have to do that. So I'm not sure. I may have to just take the written test. Um, I don't care one way or the other. I feel prepared to do both. I'm just saying that, like you know, July fifteenth cannot come soon enough. And and I think it will. I think this time's going to blow by because I'm just in a whirlwind. Um, and and I've been thinking about the things that keep me motivated. The the things that keep me on point. The things that I really enjoy um and and i've been relaying that to other people who like feel like they're kind of stuck in a rut and i'll be honest uh 2020 uh was the year i broke out of my rut 2020 was the year i finally realized and grabbed hold of a future change that that was long coming um so i i i don't know though because as much as I try to talk to my friends about having a goal in the future, I find that so many of my goals are just theoretical or that I can storyboard a goal and feel really good about it and think that it's the bee's knees and aim at it and use it as motivation. But I, I just don't know when the time comes if what I have in my head is really going to equate to the the future that I want. Um, you know, I, I think earning my paramedic earns me the ability to move anywhere in the the country Um, I I have a serious goal of doing some relief work uh, via the Red Cross or something like that and spending at least a month somewhere in South America on an aid mission Um, and I'm actually in talks with my professor, God willing I graduate, he's going to hook me up with somebody who does that so uh, soft goal is going to be 2023 maybe Uh, i want to get some experience so i feel a little bit more useful i don't want to be so fresh um that i'm making mistakes because obviously down there like the resources are limited um and i want to i want to give good care but i i think on the horizon 2023 um again assuming that i pass all this kind of stuff uh i want to do some aid work I want to go to South or Central America, and uh, I want to to offer, offer this knowledge. I want to give back to this world in a crazy way. Um, some other things, uh, obviously, you know, uh, the work is going to change for me because I'm going to be upgraded. So I don't know what their plans are for me, but I can tell you that, like, I want to put in a year there uh, where I am because I don't hate it. There's some things I'm not a fan of some, some aggressors that I, I just, I don't want to live the rest of my life with. And I'm not gonna, you know, frankly, if anything, this is teaching me is that I'm, I'm smarter than I think I am and, and I'm worth more than I think I am. And I don't have to put up with a workplace that doesn't encourage my strengths, uh, that doesn't encourage me. Or a workplace that, that comes with negatives that nobody should have to deal with. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know where the whole future aims for me, but uh, I'm excited. And that's that's my motivation. Uh, I would love to tell you that the goal is still Texas, or the goal is still Florida, or the goal is still something. I don't know. I, I don't truly know. Um... But it's motivation to be able to have options. So if anything, I'm working towards options. And I, I do like that. And that's motivation for me. And maybe that's motivation you need. Um, for sure, I think it's something that everybody has woken up to. And again, just coming round robin to what I was talking about earlier, like if you don't like working in food service, you don't have to. There, There's places out there hiring people with no experience to work factory jobs they've come back um honestly in the form of distribution centers mostly but there's a lot of distribution centers there is a ton of of work um i mean honestly you name it i i say this with with no amount of of glee in my voice uh but covid kind of thinned out the workforce and so we are where we you know that we had unemployment rates that were really high because people couldn't find a job uh no matter what there's jobs for everybody you you don't have to settle if you don't like what you're doing you can definitely find somewhere else and because of people being so scrupulous and realizing the value of their time those jobs pay Uh, I used to work for a specialty alloys manufacturer that thought they were the bee's knees because you couldn't touch a job that paid half of what they paid in the area. Um, And doing most things, even similar things, it wasn't going to happen. And now all of a sudden, like, they're not that much far ahead of everybody. Do they still pay a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I think most of their job classes are really good for people without any any uh education or or hard skills like like certifiable hard skills but their benefits package has eroded so much it doesn't even make it worth it uh you can you can make 38 dollars an hour and that's that's awesome but if your health care requires you to have a 10,000 deductible for your family it ain't worth shit um and they're they're certainly struggling. They're hiring like crazy, but they're also seeing a huge reduction in their customer base because frankly, they suck. And they deserve it. They deserve every bad thing that happens to them. Uh they they have been profit driven instead of customer driven. They have reported to their shareholders more so than their customers and you know what? The market has responded with a resounding fuck you. And I seriously hope that all of the management there sometimes gets their comeuppance because I think the people that work there were decent people, good people that deserve better than that. Um, and shame on them for not unionizing. That's that's my take on that. But uh, as far as anything else, um, people are not stuck. People have mobility. They have job mobility. And that's huge. Um, we have the ability to move about the country and that's huge um, it's it's such a really weird time now it sucks that the dollar's been devaluated as much as it has I mean i I'll be honest if we use the dollar store as a reference we're talking like twenty five percent I don't think that's the totality of things um but I don't think twenty cents is that far off i if you told me right now that the dollar is worth 20 cents less than what it was in 2019 I'd have to agree I think there's evidence to support that um, and what sucks is like people get raises of like two and three percent well inflation is well over three percent this year so a two percent raise isn't even keeping up with where where inflation rate is like you're not even making the same amount of money you're actively making less amount of money and I think that as as wages have gone up we have kind of hit this head we have we have equalized a lot of the the wage gap that was there for similar jobs so similar jobs kind of all pay the same now there isn't as much like this company pays a little bit more than this company but the the inflation the devaluation of the dollar all of that stuff has led to retaining existing employees uh, being harder and and wages as far as like pay haven't haven't necessarily kept up. Now, I'm very fortunate. I've had multiple adjustments. Um and clearly my situation with school has impacted me, but I, I I feel taken care of. I honestly like money and benefits are not the problem at my company. It's literally just the other employees. Um and, and kind of I guess the model, I don't know. It it needs work. Um, And I know we're new. And that's also a scary thing, you know. Uh, It's scary to me to have a job that really offers it all. And and feeling like that hammer could drop at any point. So, But I don't know that that's any different than any time I've ever felt this way. Uh, The only thing age and wisdom has taught me is that things tend to work out. Uh, I've never really hit rock bottom, but I've also never really given up. So you know, if anything, it's a testament to the human spirit. If, if you just continually put one foot in front of the other and you don't give in and you don't just lay down and let what's going to happen happen, uh, things generally work out. And I, I truly believe that. And that's coming some, from somebody who has no safety net. I don't have any backup plan. You know, if, if something happens to me, uh, that's it. Like there's, there's nothing. I I don't have anybody that's going to come to my rescue. It just is what it is. Right? Like I lose everything, but I, I don't mind risking a lot to gain a lot. And that has, that has served me pretty well. You know, I've just been resilient like that. And I'm hoping you're resilient like that. As, as we put a stopper on this bottle of of wine that is 2021 um i I can't tell you what next year is going to hold for you but i think if you persevere and you know your value and you value yourself which is huge uh i i think you're going to make it through this i think we're all going to kind of make it through this i think we might be transitioning into a world where where money is going to get kind of wonky um You know, it's, I think what's funny is the perception and, and the perception, when I say that, I mean that like in Mexico, it, it, it's normal to them to spend a hundred pesos on a can of Coke. Whereas if we spent a hundred dollars on a can of Coke, it would be like, what, you know, a a special collector's edition or one that Elvis Presley drank or some shit. I don't know there would be a reason for it it's not widely accepted but their money is devalued to the point where that's what a can of coke cost things cost hundreds of pesos um i don't even know what the exchange rate in is in china and what a yen is worth but you know people over there spend a billion yen and they get like a house it's it's nothing numbers Numbers have the meaning that we attach to them. And as we grow and change and things change for us, we we spend more and we see that, that number go up and we think it's an indicator that things are really bad. It's an indicator if we're not meeting ends meet. It's an indicator if we don't have enough for those things. But, you know, we might... We might all end up getting a job that pays $50 an hour, but a can of Coke might cost 10 bucks pretty soon. So I don't know. I don't know what that really means. I'm not an uh, economist, and it, it sounds bad, but maybe that's just the way money goes. It's it's kind of a concept more than it is a solid thing, and it might be something that we have to wrap our head around. Uh I think there are more important things. I think being locked in our houses and seeing people that we care about die from a strange airborne illness, uh, has caused people to reevaluate what's important. And I don't think that we hold money to this level of importance that we used to. Uh, I could be wrong. You know, it could be coming from a place of privilege. And in that case, I'm totally sorry. Um, I've been either lucky or blessed that the hard work that I had put in has paid off. Um, and then I find myself in a period of opportunity for growth and, and also for being able to maintain the things that I have. So, and, and it didn't happen, you know, it didn't happen without sacrifice. It didn't happen By by chance or on a whim, like you know, I I don't give myself credit enough for how hard I've worked towards this, and now I'm here, and I'm I'm just accelerating, I'm just hitting the gas pedal to try to keep going, and my hope is that I'm going to be in an even better position with with the dedication and hard work that I'm putting in, and I I think it's going to happen, and I think it could happen for you too, Uh, if. If I were somebody that you esteem enough to take advice from, I would say put in the work. Put in the work now. Um, Put in the work while you still can because it will pay off. And it's going to suck. And you're going to hate it. And there are going to be times that you just don't want to put in the work. But you have to struggle past that because at some point, you're going to stand maybe not on the top of the mountain, but you're going to stand on a on a precipice and you're going to realize that that climb up elevated you to a position that you can breathe a little better that that life makes sense a little bit more that you're happier than where you were and that is a universal truth we it's, not all of us are destined to get to the moon but that doesn't that shouldn't stop you from aiming your rocket at it there's going to be plateaus along the way and those plateaus might suck it might seem like it's a period of no movement but it's it's really a a vantage point for you to look at how much you've accomplished and how much more you have to accomplish and the fact that you have upward and downward mobility that that you can take steps back or forward that the only thing that truly matters is that you continue to walk in the direction that leads you somewhere even if it's up even if it's a hard struggling climb It's all good. It's all good. So I think I'm running out of steam. I just don't have the time to research things like I used to. And I feel like this didn't really have too much of a point other than an update, other than to say goodbye to you all. Um, Not forever. Dear Lord, not forever. I don't know. I'll be able to pick this up again at some point. Um, And maybe after July 15th, I'll start back up like it never went away. I don't know. Uh, for sure it's been a lot of fun I really enjoyed doing this it was very cathartic at the time and if I had the time to to dedicate to it I'd keep I keep doing it every week um and I would be lying if I said the goal isn't to start back up a weekly podcast because I don't know what the future leads and that's that's so exciting to me it's so Man, there's some times I fucking hate it, but there's other times I'm so excited to see where tomorrow's going to take me. Uh, so we'll see. And uh, I don't know when you'll get your next one. It'd be nice if I could do one in January and in February and at least, like, kind of talk to people. I don't know who still listens. I don't look at the numbers anymore. It's, I don't have time. And honestly, it would be too depressing. But if there's anybody out there still listening to this, thank you. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it motivates you. Uh, I hope you had a great year. I hope you had a year of growth and change. Uh, I hope that you had low points that taught you how sweet your high points were. Um, and I hope that you are motivated to keep moving, to keep pushing, to find some reason tomorrow to wake up and go past your comfort zone. And honestly, just keep excelling. Keep Keep going, don't settle, don't settle for anything. W- life is way too short, tomorrow's not guaranteed, and settling f- for any moment that is less than satisfactory is a waste of your time. Um, be be humble and be happy for what you have. Be gracious to those people who aren't growing at the same rate around you and and enjoy the work that you've done, but don't ever. Just accept being stagnant for stagnant's sake. You can do better. I believe in you. So with that being said, happy holidays. I hope everybody enjoys uh, Christmas, if that's your thing. Hanukkah, whatever you do celebrate. Um, if you observe the new year or if you're working in the new year, I hope that it, it, it passes by you in some pleasurable way. Uh, As for me, I'll be at work. So if you need me, 911. I'll show up. All right, everybody. Enjoy what's left of 2021. Be with the people you love. Do the shit that you like. And I'll see you in 2022.